Clark Rockwood was fantastic. Found a Hickmont, Hickmont, ah. and there it is. That's all she wrote. The Peel Thunder Footy Club have won this game of footy 12-12-84 to Subiaco 10-14-74 boys. A margin of 10 points. A good effort by the Thunder. They were down by 28 points at half time and they've, in the end they've won by a margin of 10 points. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium. We are, as always, brought to you by Isuzu Utes. You can live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. See your Isuzu Ute dealer today. Well, it was a great win by Peel Thunder over Subiaco. Ten-pointer on the weekend. A seesawing game. They had to come from behind, and the, the game swung in momentum several times in the last quarter. Joining us to talk about it and the upcoming second semi this weekend uh, against East Fremantle is Peel Thunder's coach, Jeff Valentine. Jeff, welcome to the show. Yeah, morning, Duff. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate. That was a pretty good game, that one on the weekend. Actually, two pretty good games last weekend in the Waffle Final Series. A good way to kick it off. Yeah, outstanding. I guess it's a reflection of how even the competition has been. So, um, yeah, no surprise to see both those games go right to the wire. Now, you had great input from your non-Fremantle aligned players, didn't you? Um, you got great efforts from Blair Bell, Ben Hancock and Brady Gray on your way to the win. Yeah, throwing Jack Sears and Benny Middleton too there. I thought they were very influential. And, and look, that's been the way all, all year. Um, yeah, look, we've got a, a really strong developing group down there. And, um, yeah, you can't do it without them, that's for sure. So where did you think you won the game against Subi? Uh, Jeff? Yeah, look, I, I think we'll hear it said plenty of times in the finals that it's, you know, it's one in and around the contest. Um, you know, all the metrics um, of those, you know, clearances, contested possessions, tackles, ground balls, Subiaco were well on top in the first half. And, um, yeah, we were able to sort of flip that on its head in the second half. You know, Blair Bell got to work inside and um, a few of the other boys got to work around the contest. And, um, yeah, I thought that was the difference. Now, obviously, it hasn't been a great year for Will Brody in terms of what he would be setting out to do at the start of the year, but he's been a very strong contributor for your team since he's gone back to play for Peel. Tell us about his input, A, at the weekend, and B, throughout the course of the season. Yeah, look, yeah, I no, no um, surprise there. You know, Will would have set some high goals after backing up off of last year that hasn't sort of gone his way. But, look, his, his attitude... Um, and the energy that he's bring, you know, when he comes down to Peel, whether it's been training in the last couple of weeks or a game, it's been first class. And, um, you know, we're starting to sort of see that in, in his game. Um, there was some great chase-out efforts there. His, his ball-winning ability, to, you know, bringing strength to the, the contest, what we're talking about, was uh, really come to the fore. So, yeah, he's going to be a key player for us um, over the next few weeks. So Fremantle keeps telling Will that he needs to work on certain parts of his game. What sort of parts of his game is he working on? You mentioned chase-outs. Is that uh, an area that he's got maybe defensive spread? Is that something he's got to work on? Yeah, that, that's that's clearly one of the priority areas, is the sort of defensive running and his ability to get out of a contest defensively. Um, you know, that's the area of the game that he's sort of dialed into over the, the last month or so with us, and, and we're starting to see some real shift in that. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, a good block of work by Will. Liam Reedy, I editorialised at the top of the show on 
a question that I think Fremantle will ask themselves, and that is whether they should even entertain a trade for Sean Darcy. And clearly a part of that puzzle is the progress of Liam Reedy. He appeared to have a pretty strong game um, against the Lions at the weekend. Tell us about his efforts and his progress this year. Yeah, look, it's it's been really... Um one of marked improvement over the last month or so. Uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a, an off game, might have been against West Perth or one of those games sort of late. Um, but yeah, his two prior to that were, were really strong and I thought his ruck work on the weekend was um, a big factor in us getting over the line. I think he had 10 or 12 clearances. Um, and him and Big Riley Smith, I thought they were able to sort of wear down Zach Clark and his influence was um, limited in the second half, which went a long way to, to helping us you know, win the territory battle. You mentioned Riley Smith. He provides excellent support. Tell us about him as a player, Jeff. Yeah, it's been interrupted for him. Yeah, he um, unfortunately uh, had a, a three-week um, suspension in the middle part of the year, and we had a bye as well in the middle of that, so he missed a, a month of footy. Um, and, and, look, it took him a while to get going. I, I think the suspension itself shook him up a little bit. It was one of those bumps, um, and then the outcome for, for young Will Collins wasn't great. He missed probably a month of footy as well. So, um, yeah, it took him a while to deal with that, and where does his physicality sort of fit into the game? But, no, uh, he's got back into the groove over the last few weeks, and, and again, that, the two-run sort of combination has sort of worked well for us for most of the year, and, and on the weekend, oh, I don't think we could have got it done with just the one run. Well, obviously, Subiaco have Zach Clark has been a dominant figure in that area for most of the year. So to be able to hold up in that area would have been pretty key for you against the Lions, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he's um, had a remarkable year. At the start of the year, you know, when he saw Zach Clark was returning to the Waffle, I thought, oh, you know, this will be interesting to see how he goes. I visions of all the tape around the knees and all that sort of thing. I thought, oh, he might get it, you know, a couple of months into the season, but eventually it'll wear him down. But he seems to be going um, just as strong now as he was in round one. So, um, yeah, a massive part of our game to, to nullify his impact. But, you know, it gets a little bit different this week. You know, these trio have their own sort of combination in um, Ruben McGuire and uh, Dixon. So um, that's been a great form as well. So that'll represent a different challenge to um, Big Smitty and Reedy. Hey, where's young Clay Hall at at the moment, um, Jeff? He obviously played a few games. He looked like he was playing pretty strongly. He, did, he didn't play at the weekend, did he? Did he play at the weekend? No, nah, not at all. No, nah, Duff. No, nah, look, his, his form has just sort of tapered over the last couple of weeks. And, and with the um, yeah, the six or seven extra available players, yeah, he got sort of squeezed. Yeah, look, Duff, if he was a... If he was a racehorse, mate, we'd be we'd be putting him out the pasture. He's had a, a really long year. Um, he's sort of shown signs of that, I think, with his sort of form in the last couple of weeks. But uh, look, to his credit, he's still heavily invested, and, and he's still right in the mix. You know, he's he's clearly in our best sort of twenty-four or five players, and it'll depend on how that sort of lands over the next couple of weeks with him. But uh, uh, he's he's training, but we we are just trying to sort of look after him and give him a little freshen up while, while we can. Tell us about his development as a player over the course of the season. Yeah, look, it's been really impressive. He just seems to have risen to the uh, to the level uh, at every sort of stage along the way. You know, pre-season we got him up and, and straight away he trained with a you know an intensity that you sort of thought, oh, okay, this kid might step up and, and be able to sort of handle league footy. And he got a couple of league games in, which was really um, and played well. Um, kicked some goals, had good possession rates, and um, worked right around the ground. Um, transferred that into state footy where he is clearly one of WA's sort of better players him and Dan Curtin 
Um, and then he brought that form back in the in the back half of the year to league footy. You know, he hasn't played any reserve grade footy. It's all been at the highest level. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a real student of the game. He loves to do his vision and get around the opposition and good zones and all of those things. So he's got a lot of traits that suggest that he's going uh, to make a grade. Where would you see him fitting in at AFL level? Oh, well, Duff, it's, it's, it's a tough one for all of those young midfield types. Like, that's his, that's his bread and butter. But, um, you know, like we sort of, like I sort of, try to stress with those kids, mate, you don't matter which team you're going to go to, you're not going to be in the best two or three inside mids, you know, straight off. That's a, that's a rare trait. You know, you look at maybe a Will Ashcroft this year, but even a, a Harry Shoes will have the other half out to, to sort of get into the game. So that, that's going to be Clay's um, sort of pathway. He'll need to find a, a role on a wing. Maybe it's a half forward, high half forward, getting up around the contest. He's shown a good goal sense. Um, so that, that's probably where I think he starts out. And then as he matures and gets a handle on, on the AFL sort of systems and, and the specific team game plans, he then um, sort of rolls into that midfield role. Now, um, Nathan Wilson and Travis Collier, the fact that they are continuing on despite uh, not being offered contracts by Fremantle, some players in that situation look to make sure they don't get injured so there's a chance of them continuing in another club. Tell us about their commitment to the, the club through this final series. Yeah, it's been pivotal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, look, Nate Wilson, we were probably always expecting him to, to go that way, given he's a he's a pure kid and, um, you know, his wife Steve and kids are down at all the games and they're not far away. And so a real heavy investment in, in not just the um, just playing footy, obviously, there, but with his mates, his good mates with Leah Bell, a few of those lads have grown up. Um, so he was always likely to, to really buy in. And Trav has, um, again, you know, it's just a the professional that he is as it sort of got towards the back end of the season and I guess he could read the tea leaves. He became more and more invested in the, the Peel program and um, you know, that last week it was there was never a discussion about what you were going, you know, what are you going to do, Trav? Yeah, we'd love to have you. And he made it really clear right from the start that if he got there used to it, that he was um, he was going to buy in and, and, and try to win a flag. And, um, and look, that's one of the the great things of the competition, you know, being a, a WAFL premiership player still has, um, you know, an elite esteem about it, even amongst AFL players. So, um, yeah, getting the boys to buy in hasn't been hard. And Joel Hamling, obviously we saw, saw him re-emerge a little bit at AFL level when opportunity came his way at Fremantle. How's he been? How is he athletically? And going forward, is he a, a viable option for Fremantle if they need him to play that tall defensive option? Yeah, well, look, physically, um, sort of speaking to Joel yesterday, he's feeling in as good as condition um, as he has for, for many years. He's well over his, his issues with his ankles and um, those sorts of things. So from a, a physical point of view, he's, he's really running on top of the ground. He's, he's strong, he's light, he's, um, his agility and speed is, is high-end. Um, in terms of his footy, Duff, it's, yeah, I think that's been there for all to see. Um, you know, went in as a as a key defender and was able to, to really defend strongly. He took the waffle fork straight to the AFL and, and then he gave uh, Fremantle that, that lovely option to send Brennan Cox forward in the last game of the year, came here and, and played his role down back and allowed Foxy to, to take a few contested marks up forward. So, um, yeah, I know Kelly and David Walls are working through the final stage of the list management. And, and look, I really hope it falls Joel's way that he um, that he gets another year or two. He's certainly shown um, that he has some still some real currency in the AFL system. 
Yeah, I like. I, I actually like what I saw when Cox went forward at Fremantle. It sort of takes a bit of heat off um, off um, young Jai Amis and and Brennan Cox. Obviously, can clunk uh, a good mark and Joel Hamling. What we saw of him at AFL level this year, he, he still looks to me to be a very capable AFL defender. Obviously, Brennan Cox is a is a very good interceptor when he's playing there. You you come up against East Fremantle this week. Now, they've, they've been the minor premiers, obviously a very strong and well-performed outfit. What are the main dangers you've got to watch out for, do you think? Yeah, well, I guess it's um, their, their strength across the ground, Duff. Yeah, um, you know, if you start in the midfield, like we spoke about with Ruben Maguire and um, Huey Dixon in there, and then their midfield's really up and going. I think Harry Marsh right at the moment is probably the most influential sort of midfielder. He's getting forward and kicking goals. Choice really seems to have found his form. Um, you know, that half back, you've got sort of Hurdley and, and Baskerville, you know, really emerging. Jeff um, provides a, a real you know, foundation stone there. You know, he pops himself sort of right in the key defensive post and he's a hard man to get past and organisers. Um, and then up forward, um, you know, they're going well up there. John O'Mars, Cody Leggett, um, this has really found some form. So, yeah, I guess it's their sort of strength across the ground um, and, and knowing that you're going to need to play 100 minutes to, to get the job done. And talk, obviously, that John O'Marsh and uh, Milan Murdoch both returned for them this weekend after missing a, um, two or three weeks with injury. So you're going to cop them pretty close to full strength, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Look, that's the way we'll be preparing their duff. But Jono was a laid out um, in the last round of the year and, and Milan played um, in, in the twos. So, yeah, we fully expected them to be available and, and, and be selected. You know, it'll be tough. You know, that's that's going to be a tough one for Bill and the, and the instrumental match committee is, is you know, fitting those blokes in when you're coming off a 10-goal win against um, the team that finished second. Um, there's going to be some hard luck stories there, but uh, uh, they'll, they'll pick their best 22 and we expect those boys to be in it. One of the interesting things in the off-season, Jeff, was we noticed that Peel recorded a sizeable loss off the field despite being a competitive team on the field. Do you get the feeling that the strong season this year, have you been able to tap into local interest and community interest and get a greater level of community and financial support this year? Obviously, it's not your specific area, but are you noticing greater community interest in the team? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, you look. I guess I can just sort of go by the you know, the crowd attendance, and then probably more specifically the attendance at the president's luncheons. I I get up to those um, every home game and have a you know a little five minute chat to the to the groups in there. And uh, look, they've been really well attended. I think most of those would average you know up up towards two hundred people at our president's um, luncheons, which is um, yeah, I know um, Paul Eckius and Daniel Bandy are really pleased with with that sort of level of support. So yeah, look, hopefully that sort of transfers into um, sort of financial dollars and those sorts of things. But, but yeah, more widely speaking, I think the, um, you know, the, the kids coming through and the general feel around the community of the Peel Footy Club is, um, is very positive. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Good luck in the second semi-final against East Mantle this weekend and look forward to talking to you again before the Waffle Final Series is through. We might have lost Jeff without saying a proper goodbye. Not to worry. We'll be back with more after the break.